Hello and welcome back to After This Is Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan and I'm joined by Jack again for another college basketball conference preview. Uh, today we're going to be doing the Pac-12, which we're both really excited about. It's a great conference. Um, conference of champions. Conference of champions, that is correct. So again, just before we start, be on the lookout for more of these college basketball preseason previews. Um, we're going to continue to do the, bat, the football previews or the football recaps every Tuesday, but we're also going to be doing these with the rest of the conferences. So um, definitely check these out. And if you have friends who are into college basketball specifically, I feel like we do a lot of research and uh, do pretty good analysis for basketball. So with that being said, let's start off with my 12th ranked team. I have Utah here. It was just, they had a lot of transfers over, over the season. They have um, a really old team, but Again, they're not projected to do much. Um, Seven-foot Brandon Carlson should be pretty solid for them um, in terms of rebounding and defending, but they don't have a real score. Um, there's just not much upside for them here. Yeah, I've got Cal at number 12. I mean, this team is, is just pretty, pretty, pretty horrid. They were 3-17 and 17 last year in conference. Uh, the last four years of their program have really been a train wreck. After <coughs> the departure – of Coach Quanzo Martin from Missouri. Uh, they're basically only scorer from last year. Matt Bradley left. Uh, this year, one of their only positives, Andre Kelly, who is the most productive returning player, uh, who's a little bit undersized, the 6'8 center, uh, but does weigh 255 pounds, so could give teams some problems if they don't have anybody, you know, just heavy enough to guard him. Yeah, and to add on to that, in my number 11 team, I have Calder. Um, they have a pretty old team, senior-led. Um but they don't. They just don't have any size. I think they have one player over six foot seven. So there's yeah. struggle a lot defensively, which they did last year. Um, this team has a lot of work to do. Yeah, in my number eleven, I have Utah. Uh, a couple of things I'll add is that they have a new coach this year from Utah State, who's actually been pretty good. Who brought some transfers with him. Uh, probably going to take a year or two to figure it out. But their coach uh, is gone after ten seasons. Uh, they've not made the tournament for five years in a row. And uh, really, this program needs uh, a reset. Yep, I agree. At, at 10, I think this is where we're going to start to have some differences. I have Oregon State here. And I know they're coming off an Elite Eight run. Wow. But they lost a lot of their scoring. Um, they lost a lot of players in general. And I just don't think that this is a, a tournament team. I, I think their defense is really going to lack a lot. Um, I mean, they have Jared Lucas back, who's a junior now, who's going to be the leading scorer. But Again, I, this is another team where I'm kind of worried about their size a little bit at the wing position. Um, they have seven foot, seven footer Roman Silva. They have uh, Maurice Kalu, who's six ten. But besides that, they have a bunch of guys who who are six three, six four. Um, and you know what? There's uh, at least for me, the top teams um, in this conference all have big wings who are able to score the ball. And if you don't have those big wings who can defend those guys, you're just going to lose a lot of games. And I don't think that this is a tournament team. I think this team finishes in, in at least in the in the bottom four or five of the Pac-12. And I don't know. You, you, I feel like you have a different opinion on this, but who is your number 10 team? Yeah, I'm definitely not with you there. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I've got Washington at number 10. Uh, I mean, this team was ranked, entered the postseason last year as the worst power five team in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency, you know, average. Uh, they got some good some transfers, Terrell Brown Jr. from Arizona, Dejon Davis from Stanford, Evan Matthews Jr. from West Virginia, T.J. Fuller from TCU. 
couple of JUCO guys, some freshmen. I mean, none of these guys were really high impact players. Uh, but last year's season was just terrible, and I don't think really uh, they they can turn around. But they do play a high tempo offense, and uh, their transfers are pretty good in, in that setting. I think on the run and in transition. Uh, so you know they could they could maybe upset some teams who aren't you know great at at dealing with with that. Yeah, and my number nine spot, I have Washington here. Um, you, you mentioned a lot of it, but I would like to highlight Dejon Davis and Terrell Brown, like in general, just because I think that um, they're going to be pretty solid Pac-12 guards. I mean, um, those guys can all shoot the ball. They're going to be able to facilitate. Um, the big problem with this Washington team, and we saw it a lot last year, is that the size and the defense, again, is not there. And, you know, that's kind of my theme for um, my bottom teams in the Pac-12 is that, uh, I'm really looking at size and defense because I think that's how you how you win conference play and, and how you go on to the tournament. But um, in a conference that has such that has such great scores offensively, um, if you don't have the defensive capability on the inside with some size and you don't have that perimeter, especially wing players, like I mentioned before, you're just going to struggle a lot. And Washington missing kind of both those both those aspects, good wing players and a, a big man down low. Yeah. Uh, at nine, I've got Stanford. Uh, they had two just huge losses uh, in the form of Oscar Da Silva, who's one of the best players in the history of their program, uh, and Zaire Williams, obviously, 10th overall pick in the draft. That being said, they have a little bit reason for optimism. Uh, senior Jaden Delaire was uh, Pac-12's most improved player last season, was an honorable mention uh, for all Pac-12. Uh, he really stepped up uh, since his junior year. He was second on the team in scoring. Uh, and now he's really like the offensive guy. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, he has some, some more development to do to, to really make this team, uh, become any sort of, you know, contender in the Pac-12, but, uh, you know, not a bad squad. I feel like there's a pattern forming here, but at number eight, I have Stanford here and I actually like Stanford's upside a little bit more. You mentioned some of the guys you, you forgot to mention Harrison Ingram, who's a five-star freshman wing. Oh, yeah. He's showing up on NBA draft boards and, sh- and should come in right away and contribute with great defense and scoring. And I'm really excited for this team defensively, actually. I think they have um, a bunch of really solid defensive guards, um, including Ingram, like I mentioned. Um, they have some depth in terms of size down low. Um, I like this team. I feel like they they going into the season, I feel like they're not really a tournament squad, but I feel like they could be if I just see a little bit more um, consistency from three-point shooting. But we'll see that when they play Baylor and Texas um, in non-conference this year. So those games early on, I feel like will give me a good look at, at how this team can compete against the top teams in the country. Um, and that will really show you if they could, they could win a lot of games in the Pac-12. But I'm, I'm higher than most on the Stanford squad, and, and I really think they're good. I also think like anytime you have a five star like freshman, like they could easily just break out, become like a top five. Yep. So especially like, a wing type player, where like wings, point guards, it's hard to adjust. Big men, it's hard to adjust. But wing players, you've seen them just get plugged yeah. right into the lineup and score. That's that is true. Uh, especially taller guys or, or yep. you know, the guys who are already like you know athletically developed. At eighth, I have Washington State. Uh, I think defensively, this is a very good team. They were 24th in defensive efficiency last year. Uh, Coach Smith led his program uh, defensively. They had a 2-3 zone uh, pretty often. They were number one in the Pac-12 at uh, defending the three-pointer. 
they they could break out, but they need to show some better offense. Uh, they have a couple transfers: Michael Flowers from South Alabama, Tyrell Roberts from UC San Diego, uh, as well as the return of Noah Williams. Uh, they have a pretty, I mean, pretty dynamic backcourt. Uh, I don't know. It's just like we need to think, see how these guys like fit together, uh, and you know how this offense ends up working. I think they're definitely gonna have a good defense no matter what. You know, they're going to, I think these are going to be some low scoring games they play and they can easily knock off some of these better teams. Yeah. At at seven, I have Washington State here. And I think that they are a tournament team. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I think all the teams from seven on in the Pac 12 are actually tournament teams this year. But um, I just really like that, again, Noah Williams is coming back. Um, In back to back games last year, he dropped 32 and 40 points in two straight games. So, he should be probably taking a step forward in terms of consistency. And again, you mentioned transfer Michael, Fla- Michael flowers, who should be good in that backcourt there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in my seven spot, I have Colorado. Uh, I think this is a young team. It's another defensive team. Uh, they have some, mostly it, it's really going to be led by my freshman and sophomore, I believe. Uh, I believe uh, there's Nick, Clifford and Luke O'Brien are, are sophomores in the backcourt who are both pretty good shooters. Uh, there's some freshmen, uh, I believe Tristan Da Silva, Jabari Walker. Uh, Tristan Da Silva, interestingly, is actually the younger brother of Oscar Da Silva uh, from Stanford. Uh, there, I, I believe he's he's German. He's six eight. They've got some other freshmen: four star Quincy Allen, three star Javon Ruffin. Uh, you know, Coach Boyle style is uh, defensive, gritty, physical. They've been top 40 in Ken Palm's efficiency for all the past three seasons. They were 13th in offensive efficiency last year. Uh, they lost McKinley right to fourth, who was like their big guy, or like the guy last year. Uh, but I think there's definitely enough talent here that they could, they could for sure be a tournament team. Again. Yeah, to add on to that, again, <laughs> following the pattern at number six, I have Colorado. And again, I think this is a tournament team. Um, this team, I think, will take it to the next step if they can shoot the three ball consistently, because that was the biggest thing from last year that allowed them to go on a run in March is because they had um, the, the great three point shooting from all their guards, but they have a, you mentioned a lot of the incoming freshmen. They had a really good recruiting class. Um, you didn't mention Lawson Lovering, the seven foot freshman who's really skilled um, should be coming in right away to help out there. Um, Evan Batty to me is the X factor for this team. If Batty can shoot the ball consistently, I think that they could, win a lot of games in the Pac-12 and possibly contend um, for like a five seed or, or, or higher in the, in the tournament. But Jabari Walker is a sophomore. Now, uh, last year he shot 52% from three on 45 wow. attempts. So that volume is going to go up because he was coming off the bench as a freshman. But, I mean, that that percentage, over 50% on only on 45 attempts, which isn't that bad, I mean, that's solid. And if he can, if he can stay like 40% or above – I mean, he, that's just going to bring a different dynamic to this team. So I really like them. Um, who do you have at your at your sixth spot? Yeah, the last thing is that Colorado was a five seed last year. I think that was like their highest seed ever in school history. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, they, they were good. In my sixth spot, I've got Oregon State. I mean, I know you put them at like, what, 10 or something? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was a, I mean, like, it seems like a strike of lightning. Like, this team was nowhere near the tournament. And then they beat UCLA, Oregon, Colorado. Tennessee, Oklahoma State, and Loyola Chicago all in a row. That's unbelievable. Listen, I know, and stuff like that happens. Some teams get lucky. This team's not good. 
they entered the tournament last year. I know that they they got they get crazy at the end. They won the Pac-12 championship, but they entered the tournament as like one of the bottom teams in terms of Kempom efficiencies. So it's like, okay, they won a bunch of games. Incredible story, great run. I mean, but they lost a lot of production, and they're back to being what they were before last month. Look, I'm not, I'm not that's saying a team that's all I'm right. Saying, they're fine. They're, they're not, I'm not saying they're a top five team in the Pac-12. I think they're. I mean, saying they made the Elite Eight, and you're telling me they're, you know, the bottom of Pac-12. That's not. Yes, they're, they are. they're shooting. Like to be they fair, are. a lot of these games were won by a lot of really clutch shooting, which you know maybe Lightning won't strike twice. But no. the defensive scheme by the coach. You know, they like matched up like with it was like a matchup zone. It morphed. It was like it took a lot of teams out of the normal sets. They got a couple transfers. Trey Williams from Minnesota was pretty good. A couple other guys from Marquette and Maryland and Memphis. I don't know. I think this. Team, I don't I think, think this team's that good, man. I, I just don't. And um, to kind of to kind of put this into perspective, I mean, if we use the Torvik Torvik um, dot com uh, tourney odds pr- projections here. Oregon State's at 1%. This team is okay, not going to do that. But I'm gonna Colorado. Last Oklahoma year, Jack, State. they lost almost Oklahoma all their State production. Running. They lost a ton of their production. This team isn't that good. They're not that good. They're going to be poor defensively. And I don't think they're going to shoot the ball very well. I think this is a good team. I'm going to disagree with you there. At my number five spot, I have Arizona State. And um, they lost Remy Martin, transferred to Kansas, we talked about before. Very talented player, but they picked up Toledo transfer Marion Jackson, who, if you've watched any Toledo basketball, which I actually have because they played Michigan last year, um, this guy's a straight killer. He's a a pure scorer. He's a shot maker, a shot taker. Okay. And and he's going to, I'm interested to see how he pans out against some of these good defensive guards in the Pac 12. But again, this should be a tournament team. They have really solid big men. They have Marcus Bagley. Who's a former top recruit? Who Marvin? Who is Marvin Bagley, uh, former Duke player and first round draft pick? It's his brother. Um, they also have uh, freshman big Enoch Boyake, who um, is another top fifty player who was committed to Michigan State and then decommitted to go to Arizona State. And this team's good, and and they're another team in the Pac twelve that plays Baylor in the non conference. So again, interested to see that matchup. But Arizona State should be really good. I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, I've got Arizona State at five as well. I mean, you covered almost all of them. Marion Jackson averaged 18 points per game last year. He was the MAC Conference Player of the Year. Uh, he was top 10 nationally in assists per game. Uh, I mean, Marcus Bagley only played 12 games last year. They had a lot of, like, younger guys. Uh, Josh Christopher, Tayshawn Cherry, who didn't really, you know, play that much. I think, I think this team's – uh, story is definitely uncertain. And I think they definitely have the talent to be, you know, a high seed in the uh, in the NCAA tournament, but it's just a matter of putting it all together. Uh, I think this team could definitely be there. I mean, I do. Uh, I think this is a good squad. And obviously the loss of Remy Martin is, is huge because he's like the guy. Uh, but but I think this is a good team. And I think they could, they could easily be the second or third best team in the backfield. Yep, I agree there. At number four, I have Arizona here. And I was honestly struggling um, between my number four and number three team to, to think who's better. But they have new coach, former assistant coach of Gonzaga, Tommy Lloyd, who's in and of itself, he's a great recruiter in terms of international players as well. And you see that within this Arizona roster. They have players, I think, from like three continents or something crazy like that. 
They got guys from all over, a bunch of foreign players. I'm especially highlighting Azulis, Tubulus. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce it, all these names, but um, he's a really talented wing player um, who's going to be pretty solid for them. Benedict Matherin, another foreign-born player who's going to be really good for them. This team's going to be solid, like good. I, I think they're extremely underrated coming into the season just because of all the new players they have and, and new coach Tommy Lloyd, but they should be good. And they're going to win a bunch of games that they're not supposed to win. Yeah. And for I have USC, uh, I think you'll probably talk about a lot of the, their good aspects. So I'll talk about a little bit of what I think their drawbacks are. I think there's kind of feels up in the air. I mean, clearly they lost Evan Mobley, number three overall pick, I think, who was like really, really good. Uh, he's being replaced by his brother Isaiah Mobley, who just is nowhere near as talented as him. He's he still a really good player. They have four Very or five good. unproven freshmen. I mean, like, I just don't know if he's going to be a top 25 team. You're on. Like, they have a good coach. Like, they You're have wrong. some pieces. <laughs> he's just a Maybe it's just USC slander. Like, I don't know. But, like, You're just so wrong. I don't know I, if I'm sold. I'm, I'm done, with your, done with your opinion for now. Number three, and I assume this is your number two team, but a number three out Oregon. Um, I'm not as high on Oregon as, as I feel like the media is. The AP poll ranked them, I think, at 13. I don't think that they're the 13th best team. Um, a lot of it depends on um, a bunch of transfers and newcomers. I mean, Nate, Nate Biddle is their five-star center is coming in. Um, and then they have uh, guards, Jacob Young from Rutgers and Davion Harmon transfer. And Davion Harmon, I love. I think he's a great player. Um, he's going to provide a lot of scoring, rebounding, great defender as well in the wing. Jacob Young, I've seen him a couple of times, and I don't know if he fits in with this Oregon team, to be honest. Because uh, Young can't shoot. He's a liability on offense. He's not a great playmaker, not a great passer, not a great, not great in transition. He's just a good defender. And I think – I don't know how Oregon's going to use him because I think that out of that backup – I mean, I think he's going to come off the bench at backup point guard. But um, at the guard position, I think they're going to need guys who can create, and I don't think that's Jacob Young. So I, I question that a little bit. Um I think they're going to be good on defense, but I think their offense is, is going to be some, it's a little bit stagnant at time because, again, I'm not sure about the three-point shooting as well. Um, they play Baylor in the non-conference. It looks like like a ton of these teams in the Pac-12 play Baylor in the non-conference. but um, So it should give a good common opponent to see what these teams look like before the conference play starts. I don't know. Oregon should be good. They're a tournament team, but – as of now, I don't think that they're a top 20 team. I think they're, they're sitting at like the, tw the 21 through like 28 range in terms of ranking the teams in the country. Yeah, I, I think my two or three could probably maybe be exchanged. But at three, I have Arizona. Uh, I think, you know, their big storyline is Jan Dockenjo transferring to Baylor. He was a huge contributor for them last year. New coach, Tommy Lloyd, spent the last 20 years under Mark Buick and Zaga. Uh, the inter you mentioned the international recruits. So he actually was like the international recruiter at Gonzaga. Yep. And he was the one who recruited, wasn't it? Kelly Olenek, Dominic Sabonis, Ruby Hachimera, Joel Ayayi, Joel Ayayi, a bunch of other people too. Like they, Arizona Drop. Oh, yeah, no, he, he's an international, he's a big time international. Yes, they have eight international players, only three scholars of players. From all of them, Africa. Jack, all of these guys are sophomores. That's yeah, the scary part about this Arizona team. I mean, they had they were not in the tournament because of the like ban last year and like the cancellation the year before. Uh, there's 
I think you may have mentioned Cubelis. Uh, He's 6'11", uh, and this team is just gigantic. I mean, they've got – I really like that. Christian Polico is seven feet tall. Omar Ballo is seven feet tall. Like, I think this could be a top 25 team. L- listen, so, it's the modern – just cannot compete right now. Actually, I, I might change my, my ranking here. I, the more I think about it, I, I do like Arizona a little bit higher than Oregon here. I might think Arizona is number two higher than Oregon. I, I really I like Arizona. Um, I think they're very close. Again, in the modern basketball landscape, if you have a bunch of guards and big men who could switch and defend like one through five, yeah. it just does so much for your defense. Like all these great teams that we're going to talk yeah. about in the future conferences – they have really big wings, and that allows them to do a lot of a lot of stuff versatility wise. Yeah. And number two, I have USC. Sure. Well, let me talk. Oh, I have Oregon at two. I'll let you talk about yeah. USC after. We just talked about Oregon. Uh, I think their big stories are the two transfers: Quinn uh, Guerrero from Syracuse, who averaged fourteen a game, was pretty good there actually, and Devion Harmon from Oklahoma. Uh, they were missing uh, star Will Richardson for half the at last year with an ACL injury. And still finished with the best record in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Chris Duarte and a few others leaving is huge. But I think I think they have you know talent to reload. Altman's a great coach. I don't think you know them and, and really even Arizona or USC is on the same level as who I think the number one team is. Uh, but but I think Oregon Oregon is a pretty good squad. I I'm gonna go my number two, my number two team, and I completely disagree with Jack on almost everything here. <laughs> Um, I have USC, and I'm gonna say this right now. And, and we haven't we've only done two conferences so far, but this could be my mo- like the most underrated team I'm gonna talk about. I think they're getting zero respect from the media after going to an elite eight, eight last year, and after recruiting at a really high level for guys coming in this year. Um, they are really really good, and the thing I like most about them is again that size and versatility defensively. They have a ton of guys who are. Um, I mean, talking about Isaiah Mobley and Drew Peterson, those are six, 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 seven guards. They have guard skills, and we saw it last year. They're able to do everything on the court, rebound, run the break, pass, shoot, finish inside. They can do everything. And when you have guys like that on, the, on your wings and down low, you can just do so much and match up with almost any team you play. Um, they're really good. They got a lot of size. Andy Enfield is a really good coach, and we saw that last year. Um, they have Memphis transfer Boogie Ellis, who's an outstanding three-point shooter. Um, it was also really just solid, pure scorer, which is what this U- USC team needed. They needed a guard who just got there and score. They're going to be really good, and I think they can. You're going to disagree with me, but I think that they could contend with UCLA. I think they could. I think they're severely underrated. Um, I mean, Ken Palm has them as, as the 20th best team in the country. Uh, Bart Torvik has them as the number 25 team in the country, but I think they're even better than that. They're going to be super good defensively. They have Ethan Anderson, again, another guy who I didn't mention who's coming in. Um, they're going to be very, very good on the defensive end of the court, switching almost everything. My biggest question for them is point guard play, is three-point shooting. But I, th- I think that they're going to end up um, a lot better than we think with Ethan, Ethan Anderson at point guard, who showed up a little bit last year. That's All just right. they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be you, who you want to talk about the UCLA first? I'll talk about UCLA first. UCLA, of course. I mean, they're a top five team in the country. Um, we saw them last year, just incredible. Ju Zhang is 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 a legit NBA prospect. I don't think he's gonna be able to do 
what he did last March because that was just unheard of. And if he was able to do what he did last March, he would be in the NBA draft right now, which he did the draft process. They said come back. To me, that says that there's a little bit of flukiness going on with last March, but still a fantastic scorer. He's a, he's a high-volume shooter, which means that he will have some games where he's not going to be on, which is just what you're going to get. But the biggest thing for, for UCLA, for me, is the surrounding guys. I think um, Jamie Jacquez Jr. is just an outstanding anchor guy um, at the wing position to go along with Juzang. Tiger Campbell is, is a – he's a point guard that can win you the conference. I don't think he's – his play is going to be the thing that brings him over the top. I think he's pretty much reached the ceiling in terms of what he can be as a point guard, which is just a facilitator of the ball. He's going to get a couple of stupid turnovers – not the best shooter, but just good enough. Um, but Jules Bernards is, is a senior coming back. He's going to be incredible. Peyton Watson, I'm super high on. Another wing guy, a five-star freshman. I think he was top 10 in his class. Again, more of these wing-type players who are 6'6 to 6'8, and I love those guys. So they're going to be able to switch everything on defense. A lot of shooting on that team. Miles Johnson coming in at backup center. I mean, that's just going to give you great depth. Um even Mac Etienne, I mean, he's a sophomore now. He was supposed to, supposed to produce uh, freshman year. I think he was injured for a little bit, but he should be good as well. I mean, this team is really, really good. Cody Riley, I didn't mention, but you're probably going to talk more in depth. I mean, heck, dude, this team's a top five, top three team in the country. I mean, they should win the Pac-12, but watch out. Watch out for them dropping again to USC. Okay, Drew Peterson's a lot to handle, man. Drew Peterson and Isaiah Mobley. I want to see how they match up with these guards. Yeah, I mean – I think I think the conversation starts with the fact that this was an 11 seed. They really like, like obviously they made the final four and had an unbelievable run. They beat Alabama. They beat Michigan. They beat Gonzaga. Or they did not beat Gonzaga. They made they sent they were an OT against Gonzaga. They had that unbelievable game. All one seeds. So maybe Ben was a two. But you know we would be having a very different conversation if they didn't you know beat Michigan State in overtime in the final four. This would probably be like maybe they'd be ranked like, but. They're definitely not like a top five team in every like in unambig- like in everyone's mind. I think they're the number two team in the country. I, I think Mick Cronin has done a phenomenal job with the program since he's been here after leaving Cincinnati. I, I think I think you really you really covered. I mean, Juzang is the guy. Okay, he but averaged, he's not he's not going to give you what he gave you in March. I know he averaged twenty three points per game in the tournament. That's crazy. I mean, he he's Listen. not going to do that. To be realistic, I think you covered it well with, 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 you know, the theme. It's just there's so much depth on this team. Point guard tied with Tiger Campbell, unbelievable basketball IQ. I think it's like 5'10, so he's obviously very undersized. Uh, but, you know, he's a great passer, a great facilitator. Uh, I think he's going to do a good job running the offense. He's, he's on the watch list for like the top, you know, 20 point guards or whatever. Choosing, I talked about. Jaime Hawkes is just such a good number two. Uh, Fun fact, Juzang and Hawkins actually came to my frat party like four days ago. Damn, Jack, are, are we hearing that you're going to walk onto the team? Is that, uh, yeah, is that realistic sure. reporting here? I'm going to start at power, uh, power forward over uh, Jules <laughs> Bernard, even though he's a great player. Like, you know, Cody Riley has been great. Sometimes he gets into foul trouble, which means that this, this transfer of Miles Johnson is just, oh, my God, he fits so perfectly with our team. He was second in the Big Ten last year in blocks. I mean, I think he's a severely underrated center excuse me i don't even really know why he transferred i mean i think Rutgers with ron harper jr is like a great team 
Uh, and, you know, they were a great tournament team. They almost knocked off Houston. We would have won like 50 bucks if they did. But no, I would have won a lot more, dude. I'm still salty. Yeah, it was crazy. Peyton Watts, as you mentioned, six foot eight, top 10 prospect. This guy could easily be a lottery pick. And currently, he's coming off the bench on this team. That's crazy. I mean, maybe uh, well, you'll end up I mean, starting. I'll tell you what, once we go to the uh, Big Ten, we're going to get some more uh, uh, top draft picks here coming off the bench. So Definitely. Shooters, Jake Kyman, who is in my fraternity, actually. Uh, David Singleton. <laughs> Slight. <laughs> so I know. Jack, right? Jack, I, I'm sharing that if, if we want, I mean, on the podcast during the season, if we need some insider information, we come to you, right? Maybe I'll get you on the podcast. It's possible. Uh, Mac ETN, you know, great. Kenneth Nawuba, you didn't mention. He was I did not mention like the, In the tournament, he like in the – there were a couple games where, like, he came up with, like, some huge defensive stops once when Cody Riley fouled out. Uh, Will McClendon, four-star freshman for his ACL uh, a couple weeks ago, which is really disappointing because he's also super talented, and I think will be for the next couple of years. I think this is the number two team in the country. They have a lot of tournament experience from last year. Uh, I mean, hell, we played Gonzaga, like, near the beginning of the season. I think it was, like, what, late November or something like that. I think Miles Johnson can, can push around Chet. Like, I think we can beat Gonzaga. Maybe we won't. Gonzaga's obviously crazy talented. We'll talk about that later. With, you know, uh, their returners, Timmy and Menhard and whatever. But I think this team is a na- legit national championship contender. And I am beyond excited to be in Westwood, and in the Poly Pavilion to watch it. You should. You should. And, and I'm just going to say, like, I'm, I'm a little bit um, – I don't know. I, I'm a little bit more skeptical of this team. I, they're a national championship contender. I think they're top five in the country. There are a couple teams I do like a little bit more at this point. Um, but again, like, yeah. I think the I mean, Kansas thing, is great. Texas is great. Like, you know, yeah, I get it. Uh, but, the Big Ten is very good, too. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that I feel like people are expecting Juzang to average 20 points a game this year. He's not going to exactly. be I think, he's gonna I, I think he'll average 17. like 16 to 19. Right? Exactly. And he's going to shoot, he's going to shoot like 35% from the field. Cause he just gets so much volume up there. Um, I feel like Yaquez is, is, am I even pronouncing that right? It's Yaquez, right? I think it's Jaime Hawkins. Hawkins? Hawkins. Yeah. Silent J always gets me, but yeah. I think he's the X factor of this team. Actually. I think many people would think Juzang, but you know what you're going to get with Juzang. You're going to get a ton of shots. that are going to be pulled up for everyone on the court. Jacquez is, is, is a much bigger part, I feel like, because if he gets it going, then you can't just double Juzang. You really have to, uh, like, defend like, all those guys. Here's the thing. Juzang, like, if he, if he, like, always played like he did in the tournament, like, he's a lottery player, obviously. He's like a Kate no, Cunningham. The fact that, the fact but he's that not he's that not guy. bad. Like, he was yeah. projected, like, a low first-rounder. He's probably not going to increase the stock that much, you know. But they're just a, like this team has a lot of really good pieces, yep. and it's just he's he's the leader. And Hawkins, and, and I'm excited. You should be. Well, that's it for now for our uh, Pac-12 Conference of Champions rankings of uh, preseason. I think our next one's gonna be the SEC, or unless we want to do the Big Ten. What are, what are we mm-hmm. thinking? Should we make an executive decision now? The SEC. We'll do Big Ten. After. We'll do the SEC. Um, again, thanks for listening. We're going to be getting uh, more stuff, more of these out actually throughout the week. And then make sure to look out for next next Tuesday where we're going to be doing our college football stuff. Again, go blue. Um, we'll see you all next week. Go Bruins. Bye.